Around the Office Season 3 is sponsored by Maytag. The employee's choice of brand washers when you are forced to wash your boss's clothes out of punishment. Maytag, just wash it. Today on Around the Office, we will be talking about Season 3. This is another high-quality season from our favorite television show, The Office. We apologize for the couple-week hiatus between our first two season episodes that we reviewed. We've had a lot going on in recent days, so we are back again. The normal crew. I am your host, Ryan. I will be joined by, of course, my wife, Ashley, and Mike and Mariah Sumner. So we hope you enjoy this episode and join in on On the Last with us. Before we get going on season three of Around the Office, I have to, of course, bring in our other two co-hosts, Mike, Mariah. How are y'all this evening? Mikey Shooms and Momo Shooms. Here comes the Shooms family. I didn't pick that name. (laughs) Mariah, if you had a choice, what nickname for your name would you pick? That's a very good question. I feel very put on the spot and unprepared for that answer. um, So you hate my name, but you also don't have any alternatives. That is my M.O. Why are you surprised by this? M.O. Momo. Jooms. (laughs) Bring it all back to the beginning. (laughs) See how quickly I looped back? Like a comedian, but much faster. (laughs) This is not going to go well. Stuff that happened in season three. Maybe we should talk about how much we enjoy season three first. Now, season two, as I said before in the last episode, is my all-time favorite season of The Office. But season two through four and half of five-ish really is just like a magical run for me of office episodes and tv just phenomenalism i don't know if that's a word but if it's not you're welcome uh it's a magnificent run okay you're welcome english dictionary um (laughs) but it's just a great run i love season three all of these are like 1a 1b 1c do y'all have the same kind of feeling towards season three yeah i think just looking at like the the list of episodes which that's about as much research as I put into these podcasts. <laughs> I'll watch them first, but then I'm like, I don't remember any of that. Uh, but but just looking through... I, so I think that with most shows, if you can look in the name like processes, like the name of an episode, you're like, oh, I know exactly what that episode's about. That's like a That's a signifier that it's a good episode, right? Like if I'm looking and I see, just as a random example, business school. I know that whole episode, right? Like from, yes. from start to finish. And I think that's a signifier of like a great show or a great episode. And I can just at a glance from almost every episode from seasons two through four, like that's how I feel. So just a, an unbelievable run of shows. Mariah, what about specifically for yourself? Um, it's definitely a strong season for me. It's not, I would say, not as good as season two. I feel like there are a few weaker episodes in this season but uh there are definitely some good ones like uh ben franklin's just definitely a cringe episode for me all the way around so is Mm. uh dwally 
But then you also have uh, grief counseling, which I appreciate the scene where Jim has to uh, tell a story, but he's jinxed and he can't talk. And especially the convict. So, hit, like, a really, really good highs, not terribly low lows. Just, nah, I'll skip this one. There's better coming. Yeah, I got you. Now, Ashley, what about yourself? Uh, I just feel like a lot happens in this episode. Like, you s- or I'm sorry, in this season, uh, you start the season like with Carol and Michael dating, and you end it with uh, Michael and uh, Jan, Jan dating. Yeah, and then you you know you have the end of season two where uh, Pam and Jim kiss, and you spend all season kind of waiting to see what's going on there, and then it's just they pack a lot into one season i feel like they really move the storyline along like you have phyllis get married you develop uh um roy and pam like you kind of see what happens there there's just a lot that happens you have the merger bringing a bunch of new characters so i think it's an important season to kind of um for like the projection of the rest of the series because you have new characters and good storylines that you can build on for a long time you make a great point because i, I... I don't know if I we can argue this point at all, but we all know what happens at the end of the season. I mean, Jim goes for that promotion, changes his mind, interrupts Pam during her little talking head, you know, hey, you want to get dinner? And to me, when that happens, when I look back at The Office rewatching it over and over now, it starts the end of The Good Office for me. Like yeah. from that is kind of like the peak for me, just knowing how the story ends, and it's just like a it's starting to slope and trend downwards. I don't know if y'all feel the same way, but I I know they probably couldn't have strung that you know teasing relationship for you know over six or seven seasons. It'd have probably been annoying, you know, and people might have walked away from the show if they had done that. But it also feels a little too soon that it kind of gave into it. I don't know if you have personal things about that, Ash. No, I don't think so. I think the peak is there when they get married. Jim and Pam get married. That's I sort of feel that after they get married that there's nothing left because they have a lot to look forward. Like there's a lot going for them until then, and even after you have the episode where they have their baby and stuff, and all of that's really good. But their storyline, you. Sp- they build it up so well and then they kiss and then they make you wait a whole season. It's like the very last episode of season three that you finally get your answer. And you, I mean, watching that real time, if they had waited any longer, it would have, it would have like killed you almost. It would have driven you crazy to have to wait two seasons after you got a kiss at the end of season two to figure out what was going on. Like you needed that to keep viewers interested. Mike, Mariah, do y'all have thoughts about that? Well, I just for me personally, I appreciate that because one of the things that I think that the show, from listening to like other podcasts and stuff that are out, they tried to be true to like real life, and so you know most of it comes out that will they won't they that they try to stretch out for for tension over the course of the entire show. Like the most famous example is Friends with Ross and Rachel, who like obviously from episode one have like a thing. And it literally doesn't get resolved until the last episode. Like, the finale ends with them getting back together. And that's right. not how I life works. Yeah. yeah, I hate that about that show. Yeah, I mean, that's just not how relationships work, right? Like, 
I mean, that was that show ran for what ten years, a decade of going back and forth and having all these little like that's like that's just not how relationships go. So I appreciate the fact that they were like, we'll give it like a few seasons of tension, but we just can't do that forever. And then they they sort of set the tension in some things that real life couples go through. And so I, I appreciate that to a, a pretty good extent. Now with that, Mariah, I'll ask you kind of on the spot. Do you sure. think the office would have been better off if they would have ended even when, you know, Steve Carell was still there? Cause I feel like one of the biggest arcs that drew people into the show was Jim and Pam. Like, did they just keep going too far? Not and and that's even with Steve Carell being there. So I, that's a good question. I like some of the Jim and Pam content that happens at the end, right? So where um, Pam feels like she's not enough, where they, where she surprises Jim by selling the house. Um, I'm not in love with everything that happens before, like athlete and him sort of being pissed off at her for not correctly filming uh, CC's recital. But I think that the way they tie it together is really nice. And I feel like some of that you can't have without a few years of, of a relationship developing and having, you know, a few children. Um, but I think some of it could have also been sped up. I, I think that there's a lot that we could have done without. I think Aaron and Andy being a couple, Andy being uh, sort of having a character de-evolution where he's really good and then all of a sudden he's just a complete f***ing idiot again. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this podcast is for the families. <laughs> So I think that maybe not quite when Steve Carell left, but I do think maybe not too long after it, it should have ended. Gotcha. I guess going back to general recap for the season, like Ashley kind of hit on a couple things. Things that stuck out to me is obviously Jim's in Stanford for the first half. We get the introduction to Andrew Bernard. Jan had enough with Michael. Pam and Roy get back together for a little bit. Let's get into some actual episodes here. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes on in this season. There's a lot that goes on. I know it's going to be hard to try to keep to just a handful of them because I'm looking at, you know, a dozen myself that, (laughs) like Ashley said, it's a lot of plot that really does project and move the stories forward in just, you know, 24 episodes or whatever it is. Um but what's a couple highlight episodes for you guys? Uh, Mo, do you want to start with your list? Ooh, okay. Uh, episodes specifically are Gay Witch Hunt. Yes. Uh, branch Closing. Okay. Phyllis's Wedding. Yes. And uh, Beach Games. Mm, I love Beach Games. <laughs> I, I want to I throw in an honorable mention for the convention as well. The convention there's, is pretty great, yeah. There's there's yeah, some really good small moments. Really solid. Also, yeah. I I want to I love Ashley's point earlier of knowing how it ends, and so the, obviously the last episode is probably the best, just for the Jim and Pam um, relationship. But as far as comedic elements, which is mainly what I watch The Office for, those are my favorite for this season. So, in dealing with branch closing, it is a really great episode. I really like the cold open from that where Jim is sending Dwight faxes from future Dwight. <laughs> Cordially future That's Dwight. A good one, yeah. And he risked about the poison coffee. 
<laughs> I love that cold open. That's one of my favorite cold opens of the season. Uh, Mike, a couple episodes for you that you really enjoy. Uh, so just in the interest of, of hitting some that Mariah didn't hit, uh, Business School, I think is phenomenal. Um, not only just because of the really funny moments, like, you know, Brian kind of putting Michael in this really awkward spot and the, and the way he handles it, but also the really poignant moment, like when Ryan, or, uh, when Michael shows up to the art show and it's like legit, probably one of the shows, like three or four most just emotional, like really subtle moments that just hit you right in the chest. Well, it's like a real big moment where you like, hey, Michael's actually a good guy. Yeah, you, you really feel like like for all of his faults, like the dude's trying and he's mostly really bad, but he wants to be good. Uh, it's just, it's such a good moment. Um, and then I, one of the things I really appreciate on shows that have a lot of over-the-top moments, which like The Office does, is whenever they do a subtle thing really well. And so I think one of the best acted moments in the whole series is whenever Jim comes back from the job interview and asks Pam to dinner. And it's really subtle, like, right? It's not like super over the top, but you can just see the tears in her eyes. And she's like, yeah. And then like, what was the question? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's, just, it's, I mean, it's, it's moving, man. Like right. it, it's so subtle. Right. It's not like I'm bawling. I'm not like, this is over. Like it's, it feels really real. That she's just like, uh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so as far as like really, some really good sentimental moments, those it, two. That's a good point. It really does feel like the actors kind of get in a groove in this season. Yeah. And we really start to see them put their imprint on the actual character with stuff like that. Because that yeah. is a well-acted scene for sure. Well, and we get such over-the-top acting, right? Like, you get Andy, in Andy first season especially. Andy early and late is so much. <laughs> like, he's and a I, lot to I take. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun, but, like, it, it, he's a cartoon early. Early in a show on. that's supposed to feel real. And, right. and so it's, it's a nice kind of juxtaposition to have, like, there's this really just, just authentic moment. Yeah, it. your point about Andy is one I was going to bring up, right? Is everyone is kind of a normal person in this show so far. Like, except for, like, Dwight. You know, obviously yeah. Dwight's out there. But he's based on, like, people we know. Like, people we have met or have known have acted and been like that. So it's not that far-fetched. Andy is kind of the first one where they do this to a lot of the supporting roles in the later seasons where... They start turning the cast into, or at least the characters, into caricatures where they have like these weird things about them that they like and they're over the top goofy and stuff like that. So it's just uh, like Andy kind of is that starting point where they can't just rely on good story, you know, clever writing. Like they're, we're starting to get actual like slapstick comedy is when yeah, it kind of it starts to lean way. into the absurdity. Yeah. And it was, I, I take it actually has strong feelings about it just because of how she reacted earlier. But like with friends, Ross goes from like a normal person to like this bizarre freak of nature. 
Yeah. And then, like, that's what Andy is. Andy's, like, the start of that for us. Well, Andy, I, like, don't love Andy in the beginning. And I grow to almost feel sorry for him after him and Angela. So you kind of go through a phase where you, you don't mind him. You actually kind of root for him a little bit. And then in the end, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. But in the end, they just, they ruin him. I hate him. I can't stand. He's, like, the worst character in the whole show to me. And... And he doesn't have to be, but they just, yes. I felt like they got lazy about who he was and did. they're like, okay, well, we're just going to write you off because you have to go film a movie and then we're going to make it to where you're a huge, like, you're a huge <laughs> essentially. Like, th- there's no, there's not really a better word. It's just like, he, he comes back and you hate him. You're like, what happened to him? Because he, like... He has a breakdown because his dad leaves, and you're okay with that. But then he comes back, and he's miserable, and you just can't stand him anymore. The, the show gets really lazy in the end, which we'll get to when we get to the final season. Yeah. So, I think, I don't know. not to get ahead, but I do think they try to give him too much of, like, a Steve Carell burden. Yeah, I was actually... And, and, they, and they underestimate, like, how amazing Steve Carell is. Like, he's, he's a one of a kind. I feel like they uh, there's a Michael Cl- uh, Michael Cl- Michael Scott quote where he calls Josh the poor man's Michael Scott, but I really feel like Andy <laughs> Bernard is the poor man's Michael Scott. Like they just mm. did not transition that type that of humor quote is from over. The season. Way to bring it back to season three, baby. Thank you. Mm. So um, I agree with Ashley though. They they just did a poor job of making it making him sympathetic, and I I think like for the most part you have these moments of how is this man a manager? Like, he's incompetent, Michael. Um, but then he has these really deep and emotional moments, and you see him as a person, and you you respect him. And I don't think that we ever have that strong of a reaction to Andy, um, especially in the later seasons. But I personally don't like him from Jump Street, so. <laughs> that was the reason why? No, I just don't. <laughs> he's... he's <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he's just annoying. I, I don't like his character. Is he in 21 Jump Street? He's not. No. Jump Street is... Sorry. Is that not the right way to say that? Bad joke. Bad joke. Uh, I'm married to Michael. I have to assume that you're being serious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Michael is a serious guy all the time. Uh, Stop me if I hit something that you love. Um, With grief counseling, bird funeral, fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> counseling session when michael says he gets hit in the soul it's like hitting his soul in the crotch with a frozen sledgehammer <laughs> that's one of my favorite comparisons for actual grief another great thing is when they when they actually close stanford and the branches merge and we start to get the first andy versus dwight right <laughs> and this is where it first starts they don't like each other um eventually andy conniving self gets dwight to quit i feel like that's a pretty big part of this season is dwight actually quitting i mean i know it's only for an episode but i kind of remember watching it you know as a i don't know how to describe myself at time a pre uh, a young teen a youth um but when he quit i was yeah, <laughs> I was twenty three. So. <laughs> Same way, Mike. When it happened, I kind of like in my mind, I was there's no way they can write off Dwight, right? But then it's 
you know, weird stuff has happened before. I was like, wait, what if Dwight doesn't actually come back on this show? What am I going to do? So watching it for the first time, that was like real anxiety for me. My personal favorite episode. I know we're going to talk more about episode stuff, just keeping on with the highlights. But my personal favorite episode is the convict with old prison Mike (laughs) and the whole, the, the whole conference room. He describes, you know, what he did. You know, I kidnapped and I robbed and, uh, or no, he robbed and stole and kidnapped the president's son. <laughs> I never got caught, neither. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in the gym's like, well, you're in prison, but uh, okay. <laughs> like, I love that whole episode. I is think that, it's fantastic. Is that the episode where we get Dwight's perfect crime? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. Probably. I can't remember. The only other thing I remember about that episode is Andy trying to hit on Pam with Jim's terrible info. I forgot about that. That's good, yeah. And he's playing the banjo and singing in a high falsetto voice at the end of the episode. (laughs) That's a great episode. I really like the the subtle like this is how well Jim knows Pam is that he also knows like all of the wrong stuff like it's a very subtle clue as to like this is how connected they are. I also appreciate that he did not include Karen in on any of that. There's just so much going on in this season that it's it's really hard to not talk about every little thing because we haven't even mentioned about Michael going with Jan to the Baha or Jamaica or whatever it was. Crap. I forgot that that was the season. Sandals Jamaica all inclusive baby. Jan and, Jan and everywhere. Jan everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he does the slideshow and they're like, who's that? Is that Jan? No, that's a German woman named Urkel grew. <laughs> <laughs> what we also get, I know this is important for Mariah for next episode or next season. Sorry episode of the podcast we get our first the office dinner party where they have a dinner party at michael wallace's house and that's a great episode david so, wallace david wallace yeah michael wallace who in the world is that is that a nascar driver i don't know i don't watch nascar but wallace it sounds like my well we you won't should, go there you should probably stop <laughs> But we also get office betting. Like they're betting. They have the office Olympics. Yeah. And so Michael's suicide attempt. Dwight, you got your slut. Yeah. That's, a, that, that's an all-time iconic line. That's, like uh, that's got to be a top five line. That the, uh, the worst hate crime you've ever seen in the world when he accidentally shoots a watermelon off of a trampoline <laughs> on the Stanley's car. <laughs> if it's Sandy, contact the law offices of James P. Albini. We also get a great cold open with Jim acting like Dwight. Ooh. He comes oh. in dressed as him. Yeah. Spent Bears seven dollars. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. I think that's an all time teasing that's, quote. Yeah, as that's well. another. That's that's got to be two top five all-time quotes. You know what's crazy about that cold open is that it's also on a fantastic episode with the product recall where Michael described That's it as right. their embarrassing watermark boner. 
I don't know if y'all have ever viewed uh, animals having sex, but <laughs> I don't know if you agree with Dwight that it was, you know, goat on chicken, chicken on goat, couple chickens doing a goat. The artist couple got pigs it right, watching. and it seemed to be consensual. I was wondering if y'all thought that was uh, accurate or not from your experience, <laughs> Mike. I'm not from the Midwest, like, farm girl here, so you'll have to ask her. <laughs> I'm from a bigger city than you are. In the Midwest. It's still a bigger city. <laughs> You're from the deep south. How are we having this conversation? <laughs> Let's finish so, the episodes before we get into quotes. Let's do beach games. Let's talk a lot about beach games. I know it's one of your favorite episodes. Uh, what are some things that you really like about this episode? Oh, yeah, boy, that's there a are lot. so many to choose from. I would say my low-key funniest moment is whenever Kelly is freaking out that she's about to hit the rock. <laughs> and yes. Andy's like, no, keep going, keep going, mush, mush. You're not going to hit the rock. You're not going to like, like, Yeah, she was like 70 feet away from the rock. <laughs> that was not even close. Don't they have to? Dwight Tolan says mush. Don't they have to like zoom in to even see the rock? <laughs> <laughs> it's that far away. It's like three football fields away. Yeah. <laughs> I love the sumo wrestling. That was always my <laughs> favorite thing, especially with uh you know, our secret uh fan favorite uh Stanley charging Jim <laughs> in that way. I also really like Andy falling into the lake and kicking around and flopping around in the background <laughs> while Michael's doing like one of his talking head interviews. Where is Andy? Has anyone even seen him today? He's just not even here today. And they zoom in behind and there's Andy flopping in the back. with his. You can <laughs> see him. The greatest part about it is you can see him wearing his loafers. And he's just like <laughs> kicking and bobbing in the water with his loafers on. And you can see it. Like you can clearly see. <laughs> but if do y'all have any kind of final things from the season before we get into quotes? Pretzel yeah, day. I mean, there's just so much. Like I'm, I'm legit, like I'm just kind of flipping through the whole season. I mean, and it, it again. I know we've already said it, but it's just like episode after episode of just bang, bang, bang. And like, like looking through IMDb, like the lowest rated episode is like an eight point one. Right. Like I mean, every single episode is just I, legit. I actually now I think about. It, I do have a question that I wanted to ask you guys. Actually, I have two, but I'm gonna try to remember save the one for the end. Um, first question I have in the last episode, they're all interviewing for Jan's position, right? My question is how in the world does Jan not know that she's being replaced? I feel like at that point, Jan is just so far removed from any type of actual work related to her job that she's not aware of what's happening. Also, I don't often know. I mean, I'm not an executive, but I, I feel like HR doesn't often disclose um, who's or like interviews that are happening for openings. So I feel like she was on leave. Like I mean, it's I haven't watched it super recently, but I feel like my my vibe is like I remember that she wasn't necessarily working at the time because that was whenever she had gotten her surgery. Okay. Yep. That's fair. And uh, and and I just don't think she was necessarily in the office that much. 
Yeah, but mm. I don't know for sure. It does seem like the kind of thing you should know. Like, like if everyone you are boss over is all of a sudden interviewing in your office for a, a couple doors down. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, what are people? Well, and her boyfriend, right? Like, yeah. what job are you inter- for, interviewing for, boo? Like, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't they talk oh, about that? Oh, that job description sure sounds like, like my job. Because I she's... Like, she, sorry. Go ahead. I feel like having her care enough about michael's life and michael himself to even ask what the job is about is way more like a way higher expectation than anyone should have about jan let's mm. be honest she's not the best girlfriend that's a good point good point it's yeah. probably the pain meds from her enhancement <laughs> uh now let's do quotes if we can do them i don't know if we have too many but we'll find yeah. out uh, does anybody want to start first because I'm gonna call. I'm gonna come out hot straight out the gates if I go first. I um one of the first images that I ever saw of the show was on Pinterest uh, before I watched it, um, and it was one of the few things that really like pulled me into the show uh, that wasn't a Jim and Pam storyline. And it is Dwight saying, "There are too many people on this earth. We need a new plague." And in 2020, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, that one hits different. <laughs> I won't ask you which segment of people, uh, <laughs> but mine uh, on <laughs> on another kind of uh, terrible slash hilarious note. Mine is when Michael says, "You don't call retarded people retards. You call your friends retards when they're being retarded." <laughs> <laughs> Love that line. <laughs> We also get, you know, classic bros before hoes, even though you were good, nothing but good to your hoe, and you told her she was the only hoe for you, and then she's not your hoe no mo. No. <laughs> mo, do you relate to, relate to that at all, Momo? Oh, I'm going to regret this. I think Mariah's uh, most relatable quote is, I love inside jokes. I hope to be a part of one someday. <laughs> Uh, Mike, do you have one? Sorry I annoyed you with my friendship. <laughs> uh, so just kind of flipping through and like at, like legit just looking at episode titles, which I always feel like the things that if it stands out to me enough that the episode title like rings a bell, I'm like, that's how you know it was a good line. So like the coup, the whole thing where Dwight's like, I know you like Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> There's yes. an outlet. 3.7 miles. I like where she's like, why do you know that? And he's like, it's my job to know that. And she's like, no, it really isn't. <laughs> it It is not. Like, it is it's not. officially a not. Yeah. <laughs> the convict with the prison mic sequence. A Benihana Christmas, which we have not even like touched on. Yeah. And the fact that, that Michael has to like mark his girlfriend with a Sharpie. <laughs> so yes. he knows which one's the right one. That one kills me. Um, Business school. Isn't that when Pam has her art show? Because I remember he hands out candy bars and then she's like, do you have something in your pocket? And he's like, a junkie. (laughs) And he has like a boss. (laughs) She backs up like, oh, and he breaks it out of his pocket. Yeah. Do you want half? I mean, safety training has Dwight, you ignorant slut, which again, that's like a legit top five all time quote. With business school. Let's keep on that for a second. My favorite quote from that is when he's talking about the five Goliaths facing America. 
<laughs> the five Goliaths were Al-Qaeda, global warming, mercury poisoning, sex predators. He only gave four of the five. I really wanted to, <laughs> I really wanted to know the fifth. But what a list. What a list of Goliaths facing America. And Tell me you didn't feel concerned about one of those at one time or another, Ryan. It was very appropriate in 2005 or whenever this aired. <laughs> but looking back at it now, uh, maybe we have won. Maybe we have it. I don't know. I kind of feel like we've won on one and maybe losing on the other <laughs> two or three. <laughs> I appreciate in that episode that Ryan says you get like an extra 10% for bringing your boss. And he's like, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Stupid. Not yeah, to do stupid. It, right? Not to right? Do it, right? That's very unsure. I, I actually have a, it's not a funny quote, but a serious quote from that episode that I've actually like, I love this quote because I think it's very applicable, especially with business people, right? Uh, but Michael, when they come back, Ryan is afraid like he's going to be fired, right? And Michael just moves and he says, a good boss doesn't fire people. He hires people. People, Ryan. People. And people will never go out of business. And I've always really liked that quote because, you know, everybody's... With business, oh, what are we going to do? Blah, blah, blah. We have the same kind of products as this. We'll never beat the competition. It's like, kind of not. I mean, obviously, people need to like your product, but you're selling to people, you know? And people will always spend money where they want to spend it. So It's one of those subtle little reminders that Michael Scott, for all of his shortcomings, is like a good person who... Who gets certain parts of the human experience. Which I'll follow that directly up with um, one of his great quotes. Hug it out, (laughs) That is what men to say to each other after a fight and just let it go. Not a good idea to say to a woman I found. Doesn't (laughs) translate. (laughs) That's how we ended many a night in F down. Just, just, just hug it out. Just hug it out. Ashley, do you have one? Haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, from the beach episode, which we already talked about, I think. But Kevin, he's like, I just want to lie on the beach and eat hot dogs. That's all I've ever wanted. I don't know. I really like that line. I think that, that one spoke to Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin and I are on the same wavelength there. So, and then another one I really like, it's kind of underrated to me, is uh, when Michael thinks he's going to get the promotion and he like sells his condo and picks a replacement and he's like, he gives it to Dwight and one of the things Dwight says like in the episode where he's painting the office and stuff, he's like, "Uh, how is the new boss tough? Do people respect him? They have to. Do they like him? Irrelevant. They do not. And I hate them back. (laughs) And it's just like... Really subtle, but pretty funny and kind of sums up, you know, Dwight very well. So, I don't know. I tried to pick two that, because there's so many good ones in the whole whole season. I tried to pick two that were uh, less known, but yeah. also still good. So. <laughs> I really like that one, especially the, uh, I don't even remember Jim, I mean, uh, Dwight saying that about, I don't like them either. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I have to go back and rewatch that. Uh, before we go to season MVP, does anybody have a couple more quotes? 
don't I don't know necessarily about a quote, but I just feel like we haven't even mentioned the women's appreciation episode. I was also gonna bring that up. Yeah. And it's Show us too, your it's penis. too good not to like at least discuss. <laughs> We'll go ahead, boo. <laughs> I just said, show us your penis. That's what um, Michael accuses uh, Toby of being uh, the flasher. Yes. And he's like, it's not me. And he's like, prove it. Show us your penis. <laughs> I just like when he has the finger in the pants. And then when <laughs> he sees Toby and it goes down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the gym prank of, uh, or gym slash pan prank of <laughs> her drawing Dwight. As the, yes. as the flasher. As the actual, yes. And he goes in and it's drawn on the mirror. <laughs> Lines up with it. That is a good one. Yeah. Uh, Ash, do you have any final quotes before we move on? Uh, no, but for that episode, there's a lot. It's I think it's good because you meet, like, there's a lot of characters in there that you don't usually get to interact with. That are in, like, all the women you have like you have Meredith. That's the first time you really see her. You know, you get to see how bad of a driver is, and then uh, you have Kelly, who's she had Diwali, but this is like good for her. And then Angela shopping at the American Girl store <laughs> or American Doll store. I've always appreciated. I thought that was funny. So I don't know. I think that's a good episode too. It's probably one of my favorites. I don't know. If we probably already discussed that, but I think that's one of my favorite episodes in this in the season. Season MVP. Mariah has gone last the first two times, so I guess we will keep with that theme. Uh, and put her on the spot and make her go, right now! I- <laughs> I'll go first. My season MVP, I'm actually going to give to Pam Beasley. And the reason that is, is it because of where she starts at the beginning of the season to where she ends at the beginning of the season. So on her road, on the way through the season, she's kind of like the secondary anchor besides Michael in the first couple episodes before the merger, right? Like, I think the merger is episode eight, eight or nine. And for those first couple episodes, like, she's heavily featured in all of those episodes for kind of being Michael's foil, you know, quote-unquote. Yeah. Like, you still get some Dwight stuff, but it's it's a lot of Pam. And she broke up with Roy. Big moment for her. You know, she goes to Phyllis's wedding. All of her stuff is stolen. She's doing the art show. You know, she has that little moment with Michael. Um, like, she just does little subtle funny things. She sets up the Burb funeral. She sings at the Burb funeral. <laughs> She just does so much, and by the end of the season, she gets what we all wanted all along, you know, her, you know, one true love. So, I mean, that's a pretty solid season, I think. And that's why I would give her the MVP. Does anybody have any differing opinions or like to offer their MVP? I would say that that's a good answer, but you also know that I don't like to agree with you because <laughs> a few. So I have a differing opinion. Uh, so this this might go this might not work out. But if you were to just rank female characters in the show, if I were to ask you for your top five, what would you give me? 
<sighs> just from a comedic standpoint or just like the impact just, on the just throw out like top five like impactful characters throw out five names females uh, I would say Pam um oh me uh Pam Pam and then I would say Angela based on like relevance Pam Angela Karen then I would have Jan and then I would have Holly it would be my top five wow you know, we forgot about Karen in this whole thing. Oh. That, so, Ashley, my girl, that was specifically kind of my point. So, Karen Filippelli is, like, a big character. She's literally only on the show for one season. Yes. Like, like she starts at the beginning of season three, and by the end of season three, she's gone. Right? Like, when we come back for four, she's already out. But I would argue she's one of the top three most influential female characters. I would say Pam, probably Angela because of the role she plays with Dwight and Andy, and she's such a, a plot mover. But then after that, it's Karen, right? Karen is the, is the emotional foil to Pam. She's the, the, the contrast. And it's easy to forget that this is literally the only season she's really on the show. She makes a couple of like guest appearances, but she sticks i mean the show's 188 episodes or something and she's only in 20 of them yeah and like she's a significant portion of the show so for for all of that she does to move the plots forward that's who i would give it to i was gonna that's that's why i kind of gave her mvp because i think she helps like everything that ryan said about pam I feel like the opposite towards Karen, like, it's the same reasons, but opposite. Like, she packs up her whole life for this guy, and she moves, and she thinks everything's going well, and then he just kind of does this 180 and picks Pam after he promised her everything was fine, and she kind of just, like, moves on. Like, she says it's not going to get in the way of her career, and it doesn't. She goes and gets a, we find out later, she goes and becomes a manager of, uh, a Dunder Mifflin. And so she really does move on to bigger and better. And she's, to me, import- so important to the storyline. Because it would be, to me, a little less meaningful if you have Jim with no one. And, you know, you, you almost need that. And I think she really helps carry it. And it's the same. It's I agree with Mike. It's like, without her... I mean, you, you name her. She's in one season and you name her as a top five in your list of important females where you have like Phyllis and uh, uh, Meredith and Kelly who are all there for the whole show, but you don't even, they're just supporting roles, yeah. you know? She's so. she's a worthy adversary, right? Like, like yes. it's easy to imagine a world where Jim didn't meet Pam. Exactly. Or if Pam married Roy, like, yeah, Jim's married to Karen Filippelli. Like, that's an easy yep. view. And I always because I mean she hits like for the season she's in she's like she's phenomenal. Yes, and I always kind of it. It's like the only time I really don't like Jim is how he treats his other girlfriends while he's pining for Pam because he dates great girls and he really just treats them so bad because he loves Pam and I, I mean they're 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 amazing you know anyone else who gets to be with Karen is super lucky and he doesn't appreciate that because he's so. And we're all rooting for Jim and Pam, and we're glad it happens, but I always do feel bad for the girls that get left behind by Jim, because they're great, too. So, Yeah, I think that's a good point, because obviously the show writes her off well, right? 
like she's doing well she has a husband and kids or pregnant we assume she had kids um manager dumbder mifflin probably kept moving up the ladder who knows what happened you know when they got rid of the company later on but we assume she's okay right because that's just what she was in this season like she was all in accounts from what we saw like a good person that yeah she, she's one of around. five quote-unquote normal human beings on the show yeah terrible so I... terrible gambler terrible office gambler but <laughs> we all have our faults but that was rigged that was rigged because she didn't know the office like everyone else there did she yeah was, she was against a she was playing against a house essentially that just wasn't fair for her Ooh, i like that <laughs> look at you Right. sorry yeah. No, you're fine. Um, I disagree with a lot of what they said. So I, I want to say um, she's not my season MVP, but she could have been a better character. I think that the writers did not give her that platform to do better. Um, you can disagree with me all you want, Michael. Uh, I also don't think that she's that – she's not that strong of a – could you stop? I was waiting for Ryan to notice <laughs> She's not that strong of a contrast for Pam. Like, she, she's just the longest one that we have. And so we had Purse Girl, Amy Adams, but we, we didn't have her for very long. Um, but she's also just as much of an opposite of Pam that Karen is. And I also think that um, giving... Oh crap, what's her name? What's the actress's name? Rashida Jones. Giving Rashida Jones a better role, which I think she got as Anne in Parks and Rec... Um, would have made Karen a better character, but she's just, she's flat all around. She's like room temperature coffee. <laughs> so I, I, I also would not put her, I would put her as one of the top five normal female characters, but I would not put her as one of like the best or most memorable characters because to be honest, outside of the season, I forget that she exists. She's, she's in, only in this season. Exactly. But I'm saying, like, if you look at... There are other people who are in the show. Even some characters for only a few episodes. Not even a whole 20-episode season arc worth. And you still remember them more than you remember Karen. She is forgettable. Unfortunately, my... Like... I kind of with you on this, Mariah, in that... The only reason I think of Karen is from the episode next season where she tries to poach Stanley and they go to Utica. That's really the only time I kind of think about her. And the only reason I think about her is because, you know, Jim is in a mustache and a woman's, you know, suit and Dwight cuts his penis on the lid of a can and <laughs> they get stuck with the copier. Like besides that, I'm kind of with you that she's not very memorable to me it's probably why i forgot to mention her for the first 35 to 40 minutes of this podcast uh but mariah who is your mvp did you mention that or i completely missed that no i haven't mentioned okay. it i'm surprised that none of you guys will agree with me on this but oscar he comes out on top who would not want that like <laughs> the guy is not even harassment. He's not, he's not yeah, even he's in half of that. He's a paid vacation. He's not a paid vacation. This is about who's in the show, though. <laughs> no, this, this is, is a character like who's priorities, guys. Just gotta let go. I'm not this saying. I'm not saying he didn't win. Like the company, yeah, he didn't have a great year. Won. Yeah, the company like, is like losing money. They're hemorrhaging money, thinking about closing, and they pay this man off so that they don't have to settle a lawsuit, and he gets to go like free for a year do whatever he wants and they pay for it. i'm not saying that's not 
winning at life, but he's not in the season, so he can't be MVP. He also has <laughs> Congratulations, the you didn't get to be on a whole 24 episodes. You're the best. <laughs> in life, he does win. Like, real life, that's a win, right? I will say that if you asked me to predict who Mariah would have chosen, and I had time to think, I would have picked the guy who did no work. (laughs) (laughs) What a life. Uh, Listen. (laughs) He did a lot of work because he got kissed by Michael, and we're not going to pretend like that isn't. And then he disappeared for a year. And came back with a company car. I I assume. To be fair, he pops back up at Christmas. And he's like, no, too soon. So he does try. <laughs> That's right. And he's at Pam's art show. Yeah. So he's there. And they do like, call it, he... they call it uh, motel. Hotel, hotel art. Hotel art, yeah. Yeah. And they, like, he's got uh-huh. some. So not only does he miss most of the season, he's also a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get he it, babe. Said You're he right. was a good no, person. I'm saying he came out swinging. He is on top. This he didn't season. come out swinging. He came out disappearing. All I got to say, Mariah, is that anybody who is forced to kiss a Michael deserves a year paid vacation. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> make them the MVP. Yes, it does. All I know is if you thought this episode was long, next season has a dinner party, so. Oh, the, I'm so oh, ready. The whole That's e- my favorite. The whole episode, next episode, is going to just be dinner party, I assume. Yeah. Because it's, oh, it's going to happen. Mariah's going to need that. That's. Uh, now before it, we... it, it's no stress relief you know how i love stress relief stress relief is coming mariah for needs yeah. three hours for dinner party long <laughs> now i and mentioned... an hour and a half of that is oaky after birth <laughs> <laughs> already that, done i just said those two words and she's that that becomes so much grosser after you have children too you're like i can't believe anyone would say that <laughs> i did mention earlier that i had a larger question about the season oh, yeah. I wanted to get your opinion on this because I thought about this pretty heavily, okay? At the end of the season, Michael goes to an interview for that job and doesn't get it, right? Is that a huge missed opportunity for the office to open this show up? Because what if Mike does get that corporate job? We get introduced to more characters and it's more corporate. And it, he goes to different branches now, and you get even, like, is it too many characters? That's why you couldn't do it? Or they're just too focused on the Scranton branch? They're already invested two seasons, well, a season and, you know, nine episodes or whatever. Um, well, I guess, yeah, two seasons, because the whole season three. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Have you listened to any of... Uh... The podcast by, uh, what's his real name, Brian? Baumgartner. Baumgartner. An no, oral history. I have not. It's actually really good. So one of the things they talked about was at, towards the end of season three, they knew that there was going to be a spinoff. And they were trying to figure out exactly what they were going to do. Was it going to be a legit spinoff? Were they just going to take the vibe and put it in a new show? Uh, and what they ended up deciding was to... to essentially take the office and make a whole town out of it. And that's where Parks and Rec came from. Mm, okay. I did not uh, know that. So, yeah, but, but they didn't know for sure going into it exactly what they were going to be doing. 
So were they going to do a spinoff? Were they going to do... And so, like, so Greg Daniels and Mike Schur are the two big names, right? Like, they're, like, the... Right. Kind of the driving forces behind the show. Right. And and they were trying to decide, like, what are we going to do? Are we going to do a spinoff? Are we going to do a whole new thing? And they toyed around with, like, do we take Michael Scott and put him in another environment? Do we do... Like, it was really interesting. We listened the other day. Um, like, they were toying around with doing things like covering a minor league baseball team. And it would be, like, minor league baseball, an American workplace... Uh, hmm. And so th- I, I think part of maybe having the season in with like all these different people interviewing for the job was like maybe Michael will get it and we'll look into expanding the world. And the the big thing that they said in this podcast, which I really recommend you listen to, is uh, they didn't want to affect the integrity of the already existing show. Okay. Yeah, that's the only reason I could see why they didn't do this was it just kind of messed up with the formula they had already going for them. Because to me, seeing Michael as in Jan's position where he's going around to different offices with his normal buffoonery and, you know, lack of awareness, I think the potential... Say just how many of his underlings didn't... The potential... Like, like look down on him. The potential of that is just phenomenal to me. Like, to me, it, and when I look back, it feels like a mixed, missed opportunity. But, I mean, they went with Parks and Rec, and they didn't mess that up. I love Parks and Rec as well. So, I guess I can't be too mad at it. But, Mariah, what, like, is this something that you would have watched, that you would have liked watching, or preferred the way they went? I actually do prefer the way that they went um, as much as I hate Ryan Howard. However... <laughs> Um, I feel like part of what makes Michael's comedy work is the way that the core cast, then the whole office, the employees as a whole sort of react to him. They know how to anticipate certain things. Pam is really good at defusing a lot of Michael's jokes. And I don't think that that would have transitioned well to multiple offices. Plus you get to see like different departments, different branches, um, at the company picnic, I think. And then, Mm -hmm. um... You also, whenever Pam um, interviews for a job um, when she's in art school, and I, I think that you sort of get another Michael Scott, and I don't think that that works on a corporate level, especially when you just have Gay Witch Hunt um, a few episodes previously. Like, you don't have, you don't take that risk with that that person. You, you keep him where he is. He's very well contained there. Yeah, he's very, like... Stan, I think it's Stanley who said it. He's very well suited for the job, he, for has the job he has now. Yeah. And not even I think that, that was Anne. Maybe. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I think Stanley, yeah. I think that even if you had given it to him, it would have been like one episode and it would have gone so poorly he would have been back to being a manager anyway. Because yeah. you see him when him and Pam are traveling around giving sales advice to all the other branches and that how poorly that goes over. I, that's what you're getting you when you put him in that position and it would have been terrible i think it would have been a funny episode they kind of could have done a lot of good stuff with it but you don't need it like you already know when you think about it he would have done terrible and it would have failed yeah i do agree with that hmm. anything to say before we go here i know it's been a longer episode but we did miss a couple weeks that's on us apologize to everybody i don't know all six of you but uh, 
That's four right here. <laughs> only, only two other people actually listen to the podcast. Thanks, Mom and Dad. And Goldie, hey, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like the support of a parent. I was actually a, a little concerned when the NBA came back and I started getting like notifications for episodes of regular um, this regular podcast, and I was like, oh, sh- this is where The Office ends. We made it two seasons. <laughs> no, we've just had a lot of weird things going on. And we took a little trip up to uh, see some friends in Kansas City for a weekend. So, well, if y'all don't have anything else, any news that we should tell, we're going to be back next week. (laughs) Anything to mention? (laughs) No, we're good. Mike might have a promotion. Hoping, hoping and wishing. Some, Some good things coming. I already got a new desk. And I got doors I can close myself out now. I, yeah, I was like, my desk was just like one small part of a really big room. And now I have my, my own tiny room. So I have much less space, but I can close the doors. Yeah, it's all worth it. You get a door, you can shut. And then I mean, it's also COVID, you. so like no one's around anyway. <laughs> I took a nap today. Just two hours. <laughs> I took a nap. <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. <laughs> to another episode of Around the Office. Mike, Mariah, thanks for being here. And Around again. the Nap Time. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'll come ready thanks for, for having us. I'm, I'm super proud of Mariah for being awake and active. Didn't really think that was going to happen, but it did. I'm proud of her. Ash, thanks for stopping by. Anytime. <laughs> well, hopefully we won't have a month or two hiatus between this and episode four or uh, season four because uh, season four I think is going to be wildly out of control and (laughs) I cannot wait to record that one so hope you enjoyed this episode tune in tell your friends and we will see you next time